Welcome to the City Rev Life Podcast. Here's where we talk about how to become the hands of, and feet of Jesus in our city. And today I have with me a guest, pastor and author, Eric Bennett, to talk about his new book series called Albert the Fox. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Love being a part of it and can't wait to talk more about this series coming up. Awesome. Well, we're excited you're here. I'm Rebecca and I get to be your host today. And we're going to hear from Eric a little bit more about um, these lovable cre characters that you've created and how the content of this book really equips parents to address anxiety, especially with their kids. Um, you're going to tell us a little bit more about how this idea began and just some other practical ways on how to get it. So why don't you take it from here, Eric? Tell us a little bit about this first book in the series and how the idea for the story began. So Albert the Fox and the Very Tall Tree started out as an idea and a concept uh, many years ago when my oldest daughter was like five years old and we had read... I think Goodnight Moon about 38,000 <laughs> times in a row, and she had memorized it, I had memorized it, and I did the parent trick of skipping a page mm. to try to get on with whatever it is I think I had to get to. And she paused me and said, you missed a page. <sighs> and I was like, how do you know that? You can't even really read this yet. <laughs> and sure enough, I had. So the next night I thought, let's make up a story. Mm. And it simply began as like this little game mm. where I said, I'll start. And I literally said these words. Once upon a time, there was a little fox named Albert who had three black paws and one white paw. Mm. Every day, Albert woke up looking for big adventure. And she, in the middle of it, would add, you know, the name Albert, and she added the big adventure. And then we would kind of craft these stories back and mm. forth, uh, simply as a father and a daughter just making up a story. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, from there, uh, each of my children kind of went through the nuances of, like, my next child, you know, Josh... Uh, it would be more slanted towards, you know, action and adventure and whatever he got into that day, we might use Albert as a tool to say, you know, Albert shouldn't have done that. Or maybe Albert could have answered differently, or maybe he sure. shouldn't have, you know, uh, done whatever he did. And then my next child, David, was the only one of the three to say, you know, what if that was a book? Maybe you should turn this mm -hmm. into a book. Mm -hmm. And I thought, who needs another children's book? Like, mm -hmm. why do we need to do that? So that's really how it started. Wow. So you really took what your kids' experiences were, and you kind of crafted the content and the storyline based on what maybe happened to them that day or maybe what was going on in their life at that moment. Um, that's such a fun way to co-create with your kids. And they get to kind of put themselves in the story as well as add to it and, and you know bring in some of their own creativity. And I find it interesting too, and we find this in scripture, especially with the parables, doesn't Jesus use stories to communicate truths about himself, right? And I think oftentimes with kids too, stories are a safer way to process what's going on in their world, of process their emotions and their thoughts, because if it's happening to Albert the Fox, that's not quite as vulnerable or threatening than if we were talking about my fears or my sadness, right? Yeah, totally. And so I think that that's part of what you found over time is you gave your kids a space and a language and a tool to be able to talk about some of that stuff. Yeah, it, it really was. And, you know, for our family, these, these Albert stories, as we used to like to call them, they were just something that I just thought, well, one day maybe my kids will read these to their kids. So hmm. one day I literally just wrote them all down on a few sheets of paper, threw them in my Dropbox online and thought, you know, in the future, 
if they move out, get married, and you know have kids of their own, then then maybe they would like these someday. Mm. And um, that was probably like 2011, so it was a, it was a long time sure. ago. Yeah. Uh, but between 2011 and 2020. Uh, was when we really understood the value of what these would be one day mm. uh, as one of our children uh, began to suffer from panic and anxiety disorder. Mm. Uh, sometimes they were the darkest of days mm. and we just didn't know what to do as parents. Uh, we didn't understand what a nine-year-old was trying to express to us. We didn't understand yeah. when they said, I'm scared of the storm. We thought it's just basic kid fear. They'll grow out of mm. it. Uh, people told us they'll grow out of it, but progressively it got consistently worse. Okay. Um, and we went to therapists, we went to counselors, we went all over the place trying to resolve hmm. what we thought was this temporary fear. And what we would come to find out is fear and anxiety are very different mm. animals. Fear can come and go. Right. You might be scared of this or scared of that, but anxiety is a beast that wants to stay mm. and to get rid of it mm. is a painful process. Mm. Um, so, you know, circle back to 2020, and, you know, fortunately, my child is doing fantastic. Um, yeah. They have grown up to be a, an incredible uh, young person. Um, but I resurfaced these stories by cleaning out my Dropbox. Okay. You know, this was the COVID time when there was nothing to do. Sure. And I thought, <laughs> let me just empty out some of this junk I have online. And I saw this folder said Albert stories. Mm. And it occurred to me as I was reading through them that these stories could have purpose and meaning if I could rewrite them to help uh, be a resource to parents and their mm. children who are struggling with anxiety or don't even know their child is struggling with anxiety, mm. but really wonders, you know, if I read through this story and at the end of the story, there's parents, uh, there's uh, questions for parents and questions for children. And that begins to kind of bring out to the surface what this child is going through yeah. as young as, as young as seven years old, really, we've yeah. seen it work. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I can totally see how that would work at that age. And I would imagine in some ways even younger. Um, I've seen some of the, the drawings and the illustrations, and there's a lot of really fun ways at different ages to interact with that book. You put little side quotes. You've got a, um, a dragon, a dragonfly, a dragonfly yeah. that's uh -huh. hidden on every page that you've got to find. I, I did that with my son, and, and, it, and it made it fun in a different way to interact with the content. Um, so it sounds like it's really accessible to a lot of ages. Yeah, it's so it's kind of an amazing thing. I was, uh, you know, I've been a pastor for like 25 years. I'm kind of retired-ish, uh, if you will. Mm. But for 15 of those years, I worked with student ministry and families of That's teenagers. Great. And our illustrator is actually a girl who was in my student ministry that my wife discipled one-on-one -on -one awesome. for many, many years. Yeah. Uh, her name is Natalie uh, White, and she got involved with this project, and she did a fantastic job of just capturing the essence of who Albert was, who mm. his his friend the Big Black, uh, Big Black Bear is, mm. his little brother Prickles, and then she added this little dragonfly, which is so unique because, mm. you know, at the end of the book, it's a question that says, did you find Meadow the dragonfly? And you go back and you look in all the pictures and you see this little dragonfly kind of hiding and she's mm -hmm. actually the topic of the next book. Okay. It talks about uh, really girls and social anxiety and things mm. like that. So we're truly trying to develop this platform for parents, not just, you know, a fear-based anxiety, but, mm. you know, the whole gamut of, the, uh, of what there could be for them. That's really great. So did you ever think you would ever write a book? Uh, never, never, uh -huh. not, not in a million years. Um, people have told me to write a student ministry book, uh, that, you know, having like 15 years in it. Um, and I would always respond, do you know how many books on Christian, Christian <laughs> leadership there are, on student ministry there are? Like, why would I want to write a book? And especially a children's book. 
Like, why would I sit down and write a children's book? But, you know, I think um, there's a purpose in pain mm. and the pain for us of going through anxiety and going through this, these panic attacks that my child was going through has really uh, sent me to this point wow. where I felt like if we could write a story that had a beautiful narrative and we could add art that was just mm. really something you could dig into, um, then what if we could just make it into a platform where we could talk about faith and anxiety and, and what it means to pray your guts out to God mm. and not hear him answer right away. Uh, that That's really where we started seeing that there was a bigger purpose uh, for all this for, for Albert the Fox of all things. Yeah. I like, you know, as I wear different hats, you know, when, when I read something like this, you know, I'm, I'm a therapist by profession. I'm also a mother. I'm a pastor's wife. So when I have my therapist hat on, um, there were a couple things in there that I really liked. Um, there's a lot of grounding techniques, things like um, in the book, the character identifies his feelings. There's several different emotions that, uh, again, you're equipping kids with a language to understand how to identify emotions. What's the difference between confused and scared, um, embarrassed, and how those emotions all play a role into how Albert behaves. And so I noticed that that was really well done. There's also a moment in there where he does some breathing exercises. That's a good grounding technique. Um, a lot of times in therapeutic circles, we pay a lot of attention to mindfulness. And what you're really wanting to do with a child is you're wanting to activate their frontal lobe because their frontal lobe is the part that's going to ground them and keep them um, in, in a space of what's real. You know, we fear and so much of what anxiety can be is the perceived threat that something is harmful or dangerous. But a lot of times, one of the ways to, to combat that is then to increase their um, concrete thinking, their frontal lobe activity, and really test the evidence of that thought. And so these grounding techniques like breathing, identifying their emotions, it's going to really help disarm their fears and ground them so that the perceived threat is put back in perspective to what's really happening. Um, Another thing that you do very well is, and we talk about this in other podcasts, um, we talk about how the body keeps the score. And the way that God designs our body is our body can actually manifest anxiety before we're consciously aware. So things like, oh, my tummy hurts. Um, you talk about um, my heartbeats going fast. Those are all cues in our body that tell us and inform us, hey, something's a little bit wrong here. It doesn't necessarily mean that I am wrong. It just means that something might be wrong that I should pay attention to. And so you really do a good job of helping kids put their themselves in the characters and say, yeah, I have had butterflies on my stomach before. I have had that feeling where I couldn't catch my breath. And then maybe talking about a time when that occurred. Um, that was really insightful. Yeah, and it's, it's firsthand experience. Um, it's getting a phone call from school, text mm. from school, come pick me up, come pick me up, come pick me up. I can't breathe. I can't mm. breathe. I'm going to, I'm, I think I'm going to throw up. I, I'm going to pass out. Okay. And, you know, in thinking about how far my child went from those moments mm. to, um, a couple years ago, uh, the fear was basically started over a bad experience at the Rapids water park, which is a, you know, a, a huge water park in South Florida. Okay. And, a a, a storm was moving in and a lightning, the lightning sensors were going off and they were on a field trip and they're being rushed out of the storm. Well, that ignited that anxiety. Oh. But as, as you know, um, anxiety just looks for something to grab onto. Mm -hmm. And once it grabs, it's not letting go for any reason at mm -hmm. all. 
And um, that started it. So, you know, as a family, we would check the weather all the time. Wow. Wondering, am I going to get a call today from mm -hmm. school? Uh, we would wonder, is, are they going to be able to, you know, compete uh, in their after school activities? Are they going to be able to get through the school day, through lunch, through these types of things? Yeah. And a couple of years ago, I, I asked him, I said, you know, how do you feel? Because I'm looking outside and I, I see storm clouds. And they said, my body is trying to make me panic. Yeah. But my mind, you know, has now gone through all the tools and all the things they needed to help them get over this deal. Right. And said, so I'm telling my body, yep. let it go. Yep. You know, stop. I'm not going there again. Right. It's just fantastic. You know, it's, yep. it's we sometimes think our children are, um, you know, so basic and they just don't feel these deep mm. emotions. But we find, especially, I think, with kids who, who uh, wrestle with anxiety and this yeah. concreteness to how they think, sure. that they're wrestling deep emotions, yeah. even at a young age. And, yeah. um, you know, if anything that this can be a resource to, it's parents to help them early on understand, hey, my nine-year-old is really wrestling with something. Mm. And let me get them the help they need right. as fast as possible. Right. I think that's a great way to, to put it and to attack that issue from that angle because like you're saying just because they're nine or ten doesn't mean that they aren't capable of all of the range of emotions and um, difficulties that any person can go through but what we do know with developing children is they also don't have a fully developed brain yet so they have fewer tools in their toolbox um, and it's not that they can't learn them. Some of them have to grow up in that area faster. And so we're teaching and training their brain to inform their body and inform themselves on how what's really real. And so I think, you know, this book is really externalizing some of the methods and practices that you've had to learn along the way that have really worked for your kids, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, when you are a pastor, you think, here's a problem, mm. let's pray over it, let's counsel through it, let's apply scripture to it. And we did that until I had prayed my guts out. Sure. I had nothing left to pray, yeah. and I had nowhere left to turn. And what I wanted God to do was fix it immediately. Mm. I wanted immediate fix. Yeah. And what God wanted to do was uh, walk us through the issue, mm. as painful as it would be, and I really believe that it was for this purpose. Hmm. Um, so, you know, in the book, while we don't have Bible verses for the fox to learn, because, like, realistically, I don't think a fox can learn a Bible verse, hmm. but the platform, albertthefox.com, does have journal and blog entries that okay. talk about, you know, Jesus. Okay. Jesus walked around with a doctor. Hmm. Probably not for him, but definitely for Mark and Luke, you know, <laughs> Mark, Mark, Matthew and Mark, yeah. where it's like, why did Jesus do that? Because I think sometimes he just wants us to understand that the answer to the prayer is go get medical attention, mm. go get help, see mm. somebody, talk through it. Mm. So the website really goes a little bit more deeper into those practical steps. Yeah, definitely. So the books are really designed for parents and children, ideally for children. But the website goes as a resource really to parents okay. uh, through podcasting and blogs and just really walking through um, you know, how to get help, what resources are out there and, you know, multitude of things like that. Okay. So, um, tell us, is there anyone else or any way else that we can benefit from that? And if so, what are the platforms that we can, uh, get our hands on this resource? Yeah. So if you just go to albertthefox.com, uh, there's a little tab that says journals and you click on it and it takes you to kind of the parent space, if you will, where there's practical experience that we went through 
what helped us as parents, a, par a place for parents to kind of respond to that, to kind of uh, really trying to create a community of, of Christian believers, parents or non-Christian parents who just want to know, how can I, how can I help myself? How can I help my child? Yeah. You know, I think the way that people think about mental health is not right. Mm. You know, we think it as this disease, like almost leprosy. Right. What we should be thinking of is there's a treatable uh, DNA and we should, you know, take the steps to treat it. Yeah. It's, it, you would go to a doctor if you broke your arm. And so why wouldn't we go to a professional um, if we have a proverbial broken, <laughs> you know, emotion or anxiety or fear? Absolutely. I think a, a lot of the stigma around mental health is decreasing, but I also think um, resources like this are helping to f disarm it even more and make it that much more accessible. So I, I couldn't agree with you more. And you're saying that this book is sold um, or will be sold wherever books are sold wherever, online. Okay, online, and um, okay, that's great. And so, if you, this is a resource, then I guess that um, you or someone else you think could benefit from, it's worth checking it out. Do you have a release date yet for the actual book? Uh, I would say by the time this airs, it will be okay. well out there. All right, all right. Well, anything else that we need to know about Albert the Fox before we let you go? Uh, I would just say, if you're interested, go to albertthefox.com. Uh, you can see the stories, you can see the books, and you can see all the things that go along with it. Uh, I'd love for you to check it out and give us feedback as well. Awesome. Well, listen, if that's a resource that you connect with or you know of someone that could connect with it, definitely check out all the platforms, all the resources that Eric just mentioned, and feel free to pass this podcast on uh, to someone else that you think might benefit from a parent, even equipping some of our um, community leaders like our principals and our school teachers. Um, imagine that these types of issues continue to surface um, even virtually. So feel free to pass that along, and we hope to see you back here next time on the City Rev Life podcast. Thank you for joining us on City Rev Life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.